You expect a lot of safety stuff. There he goes. On the run, he's got room. Inside the five, Quintendon wins it. So content. Tied at 28 against a four and five team from the FCS. And here goes Montreal Washington. An offside penalty against the Gators. Time for the pocket. Wide open, Mike. And he throws wide open. It's complete and all the way down the sideline. Michael Weiss, touchdown. Hodges wants to air it out. Caught and into the end zone for a touchdown. Hand off to the back of the end zone. Intercepted. Welcome to the State of the Bulldogs, a podcast about all things Sanford. From Bobby Bowden to Mr. Beeson and everything in between, we bring you a show on a talent-filled and tradition-rich university that just so happens to play in the SEC's daddy, the SOAP. I'm Sam, and as always, I'm joined by Mike and Jeb. SOCON conference play is officially underway, and our Bulldogs are undefeated. We have knocked off Mercer, Citadel, and VMI thus far, with our big men being the keys to success. Logan Dye took home SOCON Player of the Week last week, so we guess there's more than just one player in this conference. UNCG has been an early bright spot for the conference as they are undefeated as well and take on Sanford this Saturday, in fact, in Greensboro. On the other hand... UTC has been a bit underwhelming with surprise losses to Citadel and UNCG, along with Furman, who dropped one to Western Carolina, but was able to rebound recently against the Citadel. It is safe to say the conference is as competitive as ever, and winning the top seed for the conference tournament will be a tall task for everybody. We ended the year with an awesome guest in Tay Berry, and we kick off the new year in similar fashion. Joining us tonight is a guy who entered as a DB and leaves as a thousand-yard receiver is Canadian Football League bound, a Chattanooga native, one of our favorite players, and will forever be remembered for some of his electrifying plays this year. Welcome to the show, Mr. Kendall Watson. Kendall, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Blessed and grateful to be here. I appreciate y'all having me on today. All right, guys. So to kick us us off first segment, we're going to do a question of the week. What was your moment of the year? Kendall, we'll start with you, man. Moment of the year. I feel like I have to say uh, winning winning the SoCon Championship this past season. That was easily the best moment for me. Definitely going to be on a lot of Sanford fans' lists. Not only – like just those last three games, right? You showing out against UTC and then uh, – or I guess the last two games, Mercer mm-hmm. and UTC, both of those games, incredible. Yeah, it was the, – the way the season ended, even though like we had already secured a portion of right. it by beating Chattanooga just – it wouldn't have felt as good if we didn't beat Mercer and make it outright. So I'm I'm glad that we were able to come get it together. It was dramatic, but we, uh, we the way it happened made it so much. Yeah, we found too. a way to get the win. So yeah, it but that was it was awesome. Those were like the best two weeks of celebrating ever. So it was great. It was great. Yeah, Sam, uh, favorite moment of the year. I mean, it's a tough one if you're thinking sports. This this Sanford fan, uh, definitely our football season was a great moment. I'm looking forward to uh, watching the seasons to come. I think Hatcher's built a great program. I think the Giants season has certainly been a great moment for me and my Did they clinch the playoffs? Uh, Daniel going off. They did. Daniel's big game this past Sunday against the Colts. The whole stadium. Clinched the playoffs for him. Yeah. It's been – that was a great moment. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Carolina Hurricanes finish off their season – might be a cup year. Will it though? <laughs> uh, obviously, watching. Uh, I'm not joking. 
Look at the. I'm not joking. Dude, you said about every single team that you're a fan of, though. So, like, you could be right, but, like, how do we know? You said that about the Hornets this yeah. year, too. And they've Hornets are battling games. for that number one pick. I didn't say that for the Hornets this year. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I did. I went to. I was able to go to a Hornets game. I guess it was Thursday last week against the okay. Thunder. Thunder. Kind of fun. And yeah, watching Shea Gilgis Alexander play, yeah, he's, he's leading the NBA in scoring right now, was super cool. So I'm excited about his career, but he plays for OKC, obviously. But you know, watch the Hornets won, watching Lamelo and PJ Washington and all our guys play is fun too. But yeah, excited about Sanford basketball, seeing how they we finish up the season. Obviously, how the Giants play in the playoffs is going to be. I know this is all. <laughs> 2023 stuff. It's fine. It's fine. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. All right, Michael, moment of the year. Well, you know, the two Sanford wins, the the Mercer game and then the the playoff game were pretty cool, uh, especially just how they happened. And at the playoff game, we got to watch together in Chattanooga, which was really fun. Uh, I'm not going to steal Kendall's, so I'm going to go to my Tennessee fanhood and, and go with Obviously, the Tennessee football season in general, but beating Alabama was, yeah, just epic and uh, meant a whole lot to my family and the state of Tennessee. And so, beating Alabama on a walk-off field goal. Game. <laughs> uh, I'm shocked, but I guess Baker, Baker was already taken. taken. We got to wait on that one to uh, die. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tennessee had a great year, dude. Yeah, having a kid in 10 years, then. And now with that, what's that quarterback coming in? It's kind of dark, Sam. <laughs> Nico. It's sad. He looks as good as advertised, apparently. But uh, in that Orange Bowl, yeah, Joe we'll Milton. See. I mean, Joe Milton. He was yeah, slinging I mean, Joe it. Joe Milton looked really good. Uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say really good. Like, you know, he wasn't hitting hooker good. But, I, you know, I really hope they give him a chance to run the offense to start next season. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I have two moments of the year. One was watching Sanford win their first playoff game at home, which was awesome. Uh, especially the fact that our new favorite player, Quincy Crittenden, starred out. Um, and then the second moment of the year was TCU beating Michigan in the playoff, just because I'm so sick and tired of hearing about how good Michigan is. They're soft. They're not good. They're not that athletic. They're overrated. Uh, and Jim Harbaugh... <laughs> Looks like he's going to be leaving again. So obviously, it's not that yeah. great. Pl- that Going great of place. That would be. You might sick. go to the Panthers. That's the rumor. <laughs> Although, did you see that cryptic? Yes, I expect to be the coach. Today? What does it even mean? It's like, what's like, what's the expect point? Expect to be the coach of who? Yeah, it's a, oh. He's like at this point in time, I'm expecting something. to be back. And that's specifically for the Waddell that listens to this podcast. So, all right, so let's keep on rolling, boys. <laughs> Basketball season is heating up. We are undefeated, 3-0. Uh, the SoCon has, has delivered quite a few surprises thus far. Uh, but for Sanford in particular, let's just kind of talk about those three games, kind of who who's leading our way, what can we do better, uh, and just kind of any general thoughts we have. What a turnaround. Right? I mean, we lost seven games in a row after <laughs> starting 6-0, and and now we're 3-0 in conference play. Yeah. But what did we say though? We yeah, said no, that. we've said that the whole. We said it comes down to the conference play. Yes, the non-conference play mm-hmm. wasn't what we expected when we started, but now here we are. We're in the conference play, and 
the good teams or the teams that we, including UNC Greensboro. That's your call, Joe. Out there, they're playing well in conference, right? So, yeah. The my my biggest, of course, I've got to be like negative Nancy, but my, my biggest oh concern my is that the three teams that we did beat are the three worst teams in conference play right now, uh, record wise. Obviously, partially because of us, but I was about um, to say. You know, it's not like we're beating UNCG and Furman and, and Chattanooga, um, which I, so I think Saturday will be a real test with UNCG. It's at UNCG. They're a big favorite. Yeah. It'll be number one or number two offense in the league versus the number one defense in the league. Uh, and then I think Sanford has the number seven defense and Chat has the number one. I'm sorry. Sanford has the number seven defense. Chat has the number nine. Or even guys, I can't talk. UNCG has the number nine offense. So it'll be straight. Hey, that's good weaknesses. for us because VMI. I might be able to make it to that game too. How far is that from you? Hour and a half. Oh, that's not bad. Watching that VMI game and the Citadel game. Yeah. Like our three point defense is no bueno, dude. <laughs> the first ten minutes of that game last night, I thought was we were going to lose. Atrocious. They were, they were, I didn't even look. How many threes? Well, was in that there game? were 10 threes, I think, in the first five minutes. It was something crazy like yeah, that. It is insane. For, or for total, total threes. It was yeah, on yeah. both sides, though. Like both teams were hitting them. And then I mean, that's what was down. scary, though. VMI, they were like Mercer old freshmen. Yeah. Oh, VMI. Like VMI might actually be good in a couple of years because some of those freshmen look good. Now, I don't know how much of that was yeah, just we'll us see. poor, like poor discipline on defense, but. I mean, they hit 12 threes and we hit 14 threes in the game. And I'm pretty sure most of those came in the first half. Yeah. The first 10 minutes. No, you're right, Mike. I mean, it is concerning that the three wins are against the three worst teams so far. Um, but some good things and some bad things. I guess first, some good things. Our offense looks okay in transition. It does not look that great in the half court. Our press looks pretty decent unless you break it and then we just get plummeled. <laughs> but, we're, but we're doing all of this without Quez Glover. So Jermaine Marshall's kind of taking yeah. on the superhero identity and dragging us, him and Logan Dyer kind of dragging us to victory. And the guards are just kind of not screwing it up. You know, you're laughing. Or... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little questionable about our guard play at times. Yeah. A little inconsistent. Yeah. But I think, as they, I think as they continue to get healthy, I think they can – they can make a good run at it. They play hard. They that's, do play hard. That's the one oh, thing yeah. I respect most about our team. I Yeah, I like that. Because even against VMI, who on paper is the worst team in the conference, they didn't act like it was VMI. You know? They wanted mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. And they weren't going to let it get in their minds that we were battling with a freshman squad. Yeah. VMI always sneak some players in that are young, and then they transfer out of there so they can escape from the prison. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Dude, well, I was sitting there like they were talking about all these freshmen. Yeah. Talk- Why would you no, go dude, to VMI? We talked about this. Like, oh, we, talk- they don't we talk- have anywhere else to go. It's they get a bunch of under the radar kids, and then they go to VMI, ball out, and then all of a sudden everyone wants them, and they leave as soon as they can. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I heard that nobody wanted too. Jake Stevens. Nobody wanted Jake Stevens four years ago. Nobody. Okay, knew. look, Jake <laughs> Stevens <laughs> must have loved the coach. That's all I gotta say. Because I heard it, so my, let's see, Madeline's stepmom's son's, one of his best buddies goes to VMI. He was telling us over Christmas that at lunch and every meal, they have to sit 
with like their legs lifted up and they have to stare straight ahead at their like sergeant. Yeah. And they can't look down at their friend, food. I had a friend that went to Coast Guard to play basketball or an acquaintance from high school and he lasted, I think, two days. He said the same thing. Like, <laughs> you got like 10 seconds to get dressed. You look straight ahead while you eat. It's, it's, I mean, very much. Like yeah, but that's just your aspect. freshman hell year though. That was I it. mean, everything about VMI, there's nothing appealing. Like, it was just going to be on their campus, like having played there for football. It's like driving into prison, <laughs> like tall, it's kind of like gray buildings. And it's kind of like your initiation year. Yeah, it's your freshman year. I don't know how they can do it <laughs> for a year, two years, three years. It's, I mean, like literally, you don't even get like cell phone service when you pull onto their campus. Is <laughs> so, a military requirement afterwards? I'm not sure. I know v- oh. it's one of them. VMI or Citadel, one of them has a requirement. I don't know which one it is, though. No, I'm sure both of them do, right? I I feel if, like the of Citadel the two, doesn't. I, okay, of the two, I would bet VMI, so that would make sense. Yeah. Uh. So, Kendall, so you don't, you know, our guard play you said is suspect. Yeah. What What have you liked so far about the about the basketball team? Do we have a you strength? You said, what do I like? Yeah, do we have a strength, you think? Or is it uh, I think I'm the strength, like I said before, they play hard. They always play hard. Um, and I, I think the strength is honestly in Jermaine and Logan. When they're both playing well, we generally win. Um, yeah, Jermaine is a They make beast. a big impact. Yeah, they're, I mean, those guys, they play hard. They rebound well. I think the, I think they're the biggest strength to our team right now, especially with Quez being out. But Quez definitely, when he comes back, I think – the team will start gelling together because he's a natural leader, and you know, not not that Jermaine and Logan aren't, but it just it just helps when you have your best player there. No, hundred percent. He bailed us out last year so many times offensively, just like like yeah. saying, like you said, sometimes our half court offense just didn't look like it could like was flowing very well, and Quest could just hit a mid range, and I mean, yeah. you know, bail us yeah, out. Yeah, it's so. weird. We would just kind of get sticky. I don't know. It was odd. He's he's basically the only one that can create his own shot consistently. Yeah, and that's everybody be else is mostly spot up shooters. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's. I mean, look, some of these guys are good at shooting, but as as you just said, as far as creating a shot, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> and against UNCG, that's worrisome because they yeah, are they're good. so fast and physical on defense. Oh, the other thing that was kind of. Uh, that I did not love to see was so on defense, we kind of switched in the VMI game. We kind of switched to a, a zone partially part of the way through. And sometimes we'd be good enough and execute, but other times we would leave guys wide open for dunks, threes. I don't like, I was sitting there like they're not even, I don't know basketball that well. And I know you're not shifting well. When is he expected back? Not soon enough. I saw one report that it was mid January. But I don't know how reliable it is. It'd be really nice if we had him back on Saturday. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if you if you look at our non-conference play with Glover, we were winning games six and yeah. one in the last game. Yeah. The, the game we lost was the game that he got hurt. I think. So no, yeah, it definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm looking back. I'm looking back, but you know, looking forward, if we can get him back mid, you said mid January is the latest That's report. One report I've seen, but. I mean, who knows? Like, Bucky's been pretty quiet about it. Um, I, it doesn't seem like it's an out-for-the-season type of thing. 
Cooper Capus, on the other hand, I do think is out no, of the no, season. Yeah, they would have said if he's out of the season. He's another, he can square up and shoot the three. Um, he's also just like a, he's just a calm guy on the court, which I really like to have. Somebody that can kind of control the, control things and, and like things get out of hand and he can just maintain his poise. And so it's, it sucks to lose that leadership because he's an upperclassman. Um, but that's all right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, Logan and Jermaine. Um, and then AJ Stanton McCray. All right. So this was his first game oh, back yeah. in, a, in a few games. He, he hadn't been hurt as long as Quez, um, but this was his first game back that I remember seeing him. He's a difference yeah, maker on out. defense. Um, just yeah, his I think he like leads the conference in steals. As a guard, he's freaking huge. And so just watching him play, I was like, all right, like that helps, right? Like, yeah, Quez is out, but if we can play solid defense with this guy on the court, and he didn't play the whole game, but he played on the on the important parts down the stretch. And so that kind of gives you a little hope, especially if UNCG's offense is as bad as I think it is. Because if you have two big men, you got AJ Stanton, you know, Riley and Richie and Nathan Johnson, you know, if they can contribute a few threes, although Nathan doesn't really shoot. Well, no, he should. He had three against Citadel or against Mercer. Yeah, maybe more um, than that. But outside that, he hasn't hit many this year. There's a let's let's there's a recipe for a victory on Saturday. I'm not going to go out and say we're going to be four and zero. I'm not going to put any money on the Bulldogs yet. But I'd say the likely. I mean, I'd give it a seventy five percent that we chance win. of victory. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's confident right there, baby. I, I think like if we go out and play like we did against Mercer, we win because our offense yes. was balling and it yes. was efficient but if we had played the way that we did against citadel and vmi we would have lost to any other citadel was games. a that was a choppy choppy game the most annoying part of that game was their guard who does his little split jump three number 10 <laughs> god that was so annoying to watch i was like yeah this I is middle school basketball what is this <laughs> i think he was like yelling at his player at his teammates on the sideline at one point like telling them to give him the ball <laughs> I mean, this this game will be it's healthy. It'll be Greensboro's guard play versus you know our forwards, our bigs. Yep, our three yeah. and four against they their have one good guard two. play. Yeah, that's why AJ Stan might be a, a nice difference maker for us. But I think that makes for an interesting matchup between these two teams because it really I think it might come down to our guard play on defense. Mm-hmm. That concerns so, me. But not right. not if AJ's in there. It concerns me if anyone else is in there. I mean, I, Bubba, we love Bubba Parham, but he's tiny. <laughs> I mean, I could probably shoot up. He's Bubba. old. He's. I think Bubba's twenty five years old. Did no we talk way. about that last week? No way. I think he's twenty five. Dang, Kendall, that's older than like you. Three years. At... <laughs> and you've been there. You've been there forever. Yeah. No, I think he is older than me. Actually. <laughs> like truthfully. That's a grown man on the court. I didn't realize he was one of those funny. BMI guys that transferred out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their guards are bigger, but yeah, it's it'll be. Yeah, that's what's. Con- you're right, Jeb. That that's the concerning part with UNCG is their guards are bigger and super. The guards athletic. are bigger. It's gonna be focused on guard play. Although they do have that guy. Uh, is it Michael or is it McKeel? I think it's McKeel. Mikhail Brown Jones. Oh, he's averaging like eleven points this year. He's good. How many five rebounds? I mean, uh, I, I I'd have to were... look at his at his like last ten game or five games or something. But that's you know they also have a, a 
you know, a three or four that can play well too. So, I mean, that matched up with our, our guard play might be. They've got that Muhammad Abdul Salam guy from, he's not from mm-hmm. Nigeria. He's 255, 6'9". Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's huge too. We'll see if uh, Achora Chora can step up and play okay. physical. Okay, is he hurt or like why isn't he playing as much? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's not hurt. I mean, he doesn't it seem like he plays sparingly. I, I mean, or is that just? Am I wrong? I he's playing like 15 minutes a game, which definitely isn't as much. Okay, as that's a little more that. than I thought. That's a little more than I thought. Yeah, it could just be that Logan Dye and Jermaine Marshall are playing so well that they're getting more than minutes. And I do think that that's kind of what Bucky does. Is he's got like to start the season, he like rotates five guys in at a time. And he plays like a really deep bench, and then just like as the season goes on, tries to figure out who like the seven or eight guys that he can rely on are. So maybe now that we're in like conference play, he's he's gonna kind of focus in on on the starters more. I'm not sure that's what he did last season. So you said you're eighty five percent confident or seventy five percent confident? Yeah, it was like, a, yeah, I can't remember what I said earlier, but in the seventy percent range. Well, I go on ESPN. And the matchup predictor is showing 79.5% UNC Greensboro as a favorite, which really? I think is absurd <laughs> considering yes. these two teams are both 9-7. and seven. They're both 3-0 and in the conference. They're about the same when it comes to team stats. I'll read off some of these. Points per game, Sanford 79, UNC Greensboro 70. Points against, Sanford 70, UNC Greensboro 64. Field goal percentage, Sanford, 44%. UNC Greensboro, 42.9. Rebounds, Sanford, 38. UNC Greensboro, 37. Assists, 12 for Sanford. UNC Greensboro, 15. And then, you know, so they're both on a three-win streak, too. You read, you you look at those. It and seems you're pretty like, even. It seems pretty even, right? It should be like a 49, 51% you know, whoever they're giving the favorite to. Yeah. However, like how ESPN's doing their analytics, they're clearly not using those stats. <laughs> There's got to be something else in there that's that's favoring UNC Greensboro for some reason. And we were talking off air. Kendall mentioned uh, this happened during the football season too. You read Sanford's, Sanford football's matchup predictor on ESPN and to be like, we'd be the – underdog quote-unquote according to espn in every game mm-hmm. clearly not the case right <laughs> how we ended not. the season so yeah it's not based on anything that has to do with actual football or yeah. basketball for that matter yeah. it's, i don't even know <laughs> what they're basing it off of yeah i don't either that like that seems really odd all those stats are the same and we're we're given an 11 percent chance of winning or 21 percent chance of winning Oh, and we have That's the absurd. edge on three out of the four positive metrics. Obviously, now I guess didn't, they did beat Furman, right? No, they beat you, uh, chat. UTC. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Beat about twelve though, which is like pretty. I mean, chat's a good team. Like we know that they are good, but uh, I'm not a believer. Yeah, it, Jake Stevens hasn't had the most efficient start to SoCon play. Whoa, like that's he's, blasphemous. He's still scoring a bunch, but he's not as efficient as. This is his confidence, Mike. Been. You got to watch what you say. Hey, 
No, this is Logan Dye's <laughs> conference now. That's right. Reigning player of the week. <laughs> it's Logan Dye's Although Jake Stevens now. did today just rack in his second player of the month award. Oh my goodness. They need to rel- they need to chill out on that. So before well, I want to get y'all's picks. I want I want score predictions for this game. I want score predictions. It's a big yeah. game. Kendall, what do you think? I got 82-73, Sanford. Oh, that's a lot of points on the number one D. Double, double, double from Jermaine. Oh, right. that's a given. I love it. Is he? Is he? Do you it. have a favorite player? Are you allowed to say if you got a favorite player? I saw. I've been kind of knowing Quay since high school, so I mean, he's kind of my favorite player. But oh, that's cool. yeah, my mom actually went to Bearden, so I, he's my favorite player too because of that connection. Yeah, where is Bearden? It's in Knoxville. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighty seventy seven Sanford. Wow. Okay. Love it. Another close one, Mike. Uh, I'm. Gonna, I think this is gonna be a low scoring game. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like. Michael always says there's a it's a low scoring game. Six, <laughs> when have I ever said that before? Michael always takes the under. I, I do. I think it's gonna be like. I will go through the podcast. Is it too low <laughs> to say like sixty five to fifty nine UNCG? No, that's well. I was gonna say sixty-five, sixty, Sanford. I don't think that's low. I think that's good. Yeah, I'm gonna say UNCG sixty-five, Sanford fifty-nine. Wow, this will be okay. this will be one of our biggest tests, like offensively, because well, like our, you know, offensively our numbers look good, but like the eye test, it just doesn't check out for me. So I think this will be a real test to see. No, you're right. Like, how good is our offense really? Without the eye test, is a little scary at the moment. But I'm, I'm with you, Mike. Sixty-five, sixty, Sanford. I really want to see what happens. I think our they've all pointed out great things. Uh, and it sounds like the consensus is it's going to come down to the guards, which they have the advantage. However, AJ St. McCray, I think, is going to be the difference maker. Jermaine Marshall is going to carry the offense. AJ is going to stop them from hitting, I don't know, 100 threes on us like every other team. Uh, and we're going to squeak out with victory on the road. Yeah, it'll be a, this will be a big game. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, so that brings us to our first ever podcast trivia question. Uh, kind of spurred on by a comment made by ESPN at the end of the VMI game. All right, I'm going to be very impressed if you all get this. When was the last time Sanford started 3-0 and in conference play? And which conference were we in? Bonus, who did we beat? I'm not going to lie, guys. When I was looking up this question, we do not have the most illustrious of basketball histories. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm eager to go first on this one. Well, you get it, Eager Beaver. All right. Let's see. The conference was the Ohio Valley Conference. The yes. year was 2006, and it was okay. against Murray State. Sounds like you're reading that straight off the internet, Jeb. I'm not reading this off the internet. I'm not reading this off the internet, guys. I swear. The only reason I know that we were in the OVC is because Cyber uh, – the basketball court would play on had that big OVC logo on it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. But I mean, that obviously prompted me to back then go look that up and be like, oh yeah, it's interesting the history. Okay, Jeb, that was your answer. Michael Kendall, dude, I don't even know if I could name an OVC team back then. Like, was uh, Belmont in the OVC back then? Also, don't use my year as like a don't. It could be any <laughs> year, right? So. I'm going to go Sanford OVC 2007 Murray State. Murray State again? Sorry, when I said who did they beat, I mean the three teams. 
Wait, what? Like three teams? Yeah, we're three and yeah, up. This trivia question is way too hard. This is like oh. it's a bonus. It's a bonus, bro. Well, all it's right. Who's another OBC team then? Eastern Illinois. <laughs> sure. And <laughs> is Tennessee State? No, Tennessee no, Tech know. maybe. Tennessee. All right, I'll go with Tennessee Tech. Yeah. If I'm right, gonna go, yeah. what do you think? I'm gonna go 2009 OVC, of course, and I'm gonna go um, Jacksonville State, Austin P, and Murray State. I feel like they just had to beat Murray State. All right, I love that all of y'all said Murray State. Okay, so <laughs> we might have gone three and one. It's hard to say. Like, I don't Wait, know what? if Belmont was in there. We played them before. We went three and zero, but the year was 2007. In the OVC, yep, and we beat Jacksonville State, Murray State, and Tennessee Tech to start the year. Yes, the Tennessee Tech guess. Let's go. And Tennessee State apparently is. I I was tempted to say Tennessee State. Guys, I'm thoroughly impressed. Wait, Tennessee State or Tennessee Tech? Uh, So Tennessee Tech. It's Tennessee Tech. But Tennessee State was also in the conference. Oh, really? Half the conference right. was Tennessee. You had Austin P, UT Martin, Tennessee State, and Tennessee Tech. What the heck? Wow. That's and pretty impressive. Possibly Lipscomb slash Belmont. I know Belmont's in, in there now. I don't know when they joined. Okay, so we might have been three and one to start off. I, I I don't I don't really know. But that was the first time or the last time we'd won, I guess, at least three of the first four. Because uh I'll tell you all this. When I was looking over those schedules. There's a lot of hot starts and a lot of cold finishes. You know what? Last we did year have a player a get drafted. We did have a player get drafted to the NBA in the second round in like 1998. That's sick, Jeb. Uh, and yes, Michael Bucky has Coach Bucky has uh, elevated the standard. He sure has. 21 wins was actually unheard of on Sanford's campus until he came. Yeah, it's crazy. For two decades. Which we had like uh, we had a really good team our was it sophomore year? And then they all transferred out. Like one guy went to NC State, one guy went to Louisville. I was way off on that draft pick, by the way, guys. <laughs> it was like in the eighties. I just I need to clear my name from that, by the way. Not nineteen ninety-eight. Nineteen eighty five. Michael, I don't know how to tell you this. Craig Beard. In 1973, Lyman Williamson. Our Sammy only to tell me winning season was 2016-2017. Was that the team you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we were pretty year, nasty that year. year. Except we still lost um, in the ET, to ETSU in the SOCOM tournament, third round. Yeah, we had Christian Cunningham, Josh Sharkey. He was a beast. Wait, we had Josh Sharkey? Oh, I forgot about that yeah. guy. Yes. Sharkey. Yes. I think Cunningham was the one that went to uh, to Louisville. And then we had that Walker guy that went to NC State. Yeah, that was a fun team. You're right. That, that was, was a fun, fun team. Alex Peters. Oh, Tristan Chambers, the three-point guy. Oh, he was a beast. Um. Okay. All right, guys. Let's go on to the next, next one. All right, so our, our next segment, we're going to have a hot take debate. We're going to have a hot take debate. Between Mike, Jeb, and Kendall. So we all know that Jacksonville State is moving on up to the FBS. Their fan base is, I guess, excited. As a fan or a player, would you all rather watch a season knowing your team can make the playoff 
or enjoy a bowl game, a meaningless scrimmage, in a cool destination. Now, before anyone listening blows their head and is shouting, yes, the playoff is expanding, I'm sorry, but it's not expanding for the Sun Belt or Conference USA. It's going to be one team from the group of five, probably, and the odds of Jacksonville State ever making it are slim to none. I personally think that that's not a good idea. If you're not going to be able to compete for championships, then what's the point? Exactly, bro. Exactly. I'm like, if you want to go play in the mayonnaise bowl or whatever it is. (laughs) The mayonnaise. Yes. In Charlotte. In Charlotte. But, like, I don't know. It's just something about being able to play for a championship. The stakes are higher. But, like, having, like, a goal of, like, oh, we won six games and that being held as some type of championship standard just – it's kind of yeah. It's kind of lame. I just don't. I just don't see why anybody would want to do that to themselves. Our go- our. Let me ask this question: Are bowls the amateur college football version of participation trophies? Yes. Because that's basically what it is. If you're to Kendall's point, if you're not playing for a championship and you're not playing to win and be the number one team and win. What's the point? You're just playing to like you you I mean, you're, you're odd, the odds fun. of you ever making the playoff at the FBS level. I don't even know what they are, but they're Zero. it's very unlikely. Zero. If they were to do bowl games, it should be between like conference champions who didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, like, like I know it's only four teams now, but like if you got the rest of the group of five teams or whoever, or the Pac-12 champion or whoever else who didn't make it, like, let those teams play for bowl, champ- bowl games. But, like, why is New Mexico State playing a bowl game? <laughs> yeah, that's a – I mean, this isn't even a debate at this point. Generate. That's a good point. <laughs> like, like, what's the point? They, put, they like, scheduled an extra F- FCS game at the end yep. of the year so that they could be bowl eligible. Just for the bowl. <laughs> yeah, like, come on now. Michael, do you fall on the other side of this or no? No, I, I actually I probably cheated a little bit because I was doing some research beforehand on like numbers and stuff. And no, that's I, not I cheating. It's actually that's what you're like, supposed to do, Michael. Oh, okay. I'm a good student. You're such a good. Uh, you're such it's actually a good more participant. more profitable. Uh, I think for a team like Jacksonville State to stay in the FCS, uh, there's actually a study done in like 2019 that the average loss. On a, for a football program and the FBS is greater than that in the FCS at a median. And then there's actually like restrictions around, which aren't followed very strictly, but around FBS uh, attendance numbers. And you're supposed to average 15,000 student or 15,000 paid tickets per game. Oh my gosh. In the FBS. Oh, paid 15, tickets. I was about to say, like, nobody goes to some of those games. Nobody. Well, Nobody's not even North Dakota State averages fifteen thousand. Yeah, right. Pay tickets yeah. per game. Like, that's how crazy. many people do you think were at that game, Kendall, at the playoff game? Uh, it was about twelve thousand. Yeah, it was about twelve thousand twenty. Yeah, no, it's it's only loud in there because it's like playing in a gym. It's not because right. it's just like this overwhelming <laughs> amount of people. I believe it. It looked a little odd, and in the. It looked pretty shallow too. The camera angles were terrible. You, it can't. It doesn't go that high. That's yeah. <laughs> that's why. I mean, it's literally it's like playing in a in a gymnasium. Like it's just like a big gym. 
That's so odd. Like it's I a think... unique experience for sure, but like part of the reason why it's loud is just because it's like it's a football atmosphere inside of a basketball building. Like that's that's really yeah. the way I think about it. Well, Syracuse it kind of has the same setup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Opposite though, right? They play basketball in the football stadium. Right. Right. But it's still a dome. Yeah, the carrier dome. Right. Uh. I'm not sure. I think that sounds right, Sam. But yeah, I was gonna say. I think teams are lured into the FBS because of the prestige of saying we're an FBS school. Look at us. When it's like if you're a mid or bottom tier FBS school, to our earlier point, what are you playing for? Playing for a conference title every year. That's it. Yeah, you you you're know? gonna end up destroying their programs. A few of those schools are. Like, James Madison started out doing well this past year, but then they started getting demolished. So it was just like, what you can't do, you really have enough to consistently compete at this level. Right? I mean, Idaho had to drop out of the FBS mm-hmm. into the yeah. FCS, and this was like their first winning season and like since they had joined, rejoined the FCS. like Yeah, that move really did tank Idaho. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, can, it can really hurt you. Well, App State. Like, yeah, I was gonna. They were good, and they trans. They what they've been FBS for several years now. They're a good example of it, right? They went six and six They're, this year. Like App yeah. State, but App State is averaging more than fifteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, day. but if you're an yeah, App State fan, Jeb, do you want to go six and six or return to their dynasty? Well, yeah, I guess the argument the App State will probably never win a national title. At the yeah, they FBS will never level. win a national title. Ever. Right, like, uh, I don't know about that for App State. They're, I mean, I can safely that say that they will never, ever, ever win a national title on the FBS level. Dude, somebody said that about TCU 50 years ago, and look where they're at now. TCU is That's far so wealthier and is in a Power 5 conference. They are now, but I'm just saying that App State has, like, a school, has the culture that... Yeah, not, it has I the culture that West Virginia has. App but State, they'll, the have the, they'll have the potential. They don't have DFW. They don't have billionaire donors. They don't have. It's not. It might not now, but they, dude. App State is a big. Jeb can can. Jeb it's can, huge. Yeah. No. It's yeah, like but they deal. can't walk out the door and get a five star. TCU can not walk right out the door now, and get a five star. Gotta build. You got to build these programs. No, no, no. And I mean geographically. Like geographically, it's not. They high. have. They actually Why have not? a pretty They're good alumni base though. App State will have to rejoin another conference if they ever wanted to. Oh, absolutely. But it's possible, though. The way the conferences are joining, they could end up joining a bigger conference. They might have a good year where they surprise some people, win the conference. They could be like a Cincinnati. They'll join just in time for, like, the ACC to get dropped down to the group of five. (laughs) Okay. All right, here's here's a debate question for you. If (laughs) Jeff, I don't know if this is part of the rules. Save it for next week. All right, I'll see you. No, no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Go yeah, ahead. I'm going down my conference realignment rabbit hole again. Yeah. Yes. Notre Dame yeah. moves to the ACC. Yeah. South Carolina moves to the ACC. Vanderbilt. Why would, why would they move to the ACC? Why would I'm they saying, give a hundred million dollar check for twenty five <laughs> yeah, million dollar check? Why would you leave this SEC? Come on, Jeb. Come on, Jeb. All right, I didn't even get into, like, the Big Ten teams. Like, if there was – all right, here's the problem, though. 
yeah. the SEC is purely dominant. Yes, you heard Correct. me say that. Okay. With the SEC being so dominant and all of these teams, Oklahoma, Texas, who else is moving? Is that it? Yeah. Right now, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. These teams are moving in. That That's taken away from the Big 12, right? And mm-hmm. Now you have the SEC is even stronger now or will be stronger. So it's basically if you're in the SEC, you get a shot at the title. If you're not, then maybe you slip in like TCU and play well. Maybe you don't, but likely that – and the new playoff format will help, I think. But if the playoff for, format was kept at four teams, it, it's like you could be in a different Power 5 conference other than the SEC and it still doesn't matter. 100%. That's that's my point. And that's why I'm saying if you're the ACC and you're the Big Ten, you might say – yeah, let's take our teams and let's make a power, let's make a super conference just like the SEC's doing so we can actually play against them. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And then teams like teams like Notre Dame, these independents and teams that are in the SEC that can't really you know, a team like South Carolina would compete way better in the ACC. Think Yeah, why think is that? Well, that's be- it's because they're not in the SEC anymore and the SEC's so but good. They're not going to recruit as well either, so like Sure, maybe their roster right now could compete better than the ACC, but if they move to the ACC, I mean, they're still going to recruit well, but the SEC recruits the best. And so, in football, and that's because the best were... players come from the South. Exactly. And well, that's why App State is not deep South enough. Now, what? UCF, to me. What are you talking about? They're in North Carolina. What do you mean? They're in exactly, Michael. Exactly. They're like. You they have to be lateral, within a two hour. Are, you, you have to be within two hours of the state of Florida, the metro of Atlanta, the state of Mississippi slash Louisiana, DFW, LA, and the state of Ohio in order to compete for a national championship. No, I disagree and, with you on this. Uh, we yeah, can I, run, I don't. We can run through all the past national champions. He's pretty close, and they all meet that criteria. Until you get to like, I guess Nebraska in nineteen ninety eight. So the past twenty years. So all of these like West Coast kids that are coming to play for SEC schools, that doesn't matter. No, no, I said California. Like USC okay. can win a natty. Like LA is a hotbed of talent. Um, but the thing is, App State's too far from these from the recruiting meccas, so to speak. Like, why do why do you think Georgia's loaded? It's not only because they can they can go out and get a five star in Atlanta. But they also have the prominence to go horny and grab a five star. Like it's one like we were talking about South Carolina being in the ACC. Like their geographic (laughs) location does not change when they're in the when they're in the ACC. No, no, yeah, no. South Carolina would be fine. I'm saying App State. Like the only team that I can move to the ACC, it wouldn't change a thing, uh, football wise. The only thing, only only school I can think of that came from the FCS to D1 FBS. Is Central Florida that has that's big enough? Yeah. Uh, Who won the national located... title but weren't re- didn't receive the trophy? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Even as a high pool fan. Oh, I forgot, dude! I forgot that they went undefeated that year. Oh, what a yeah. joke! That was who was their coach? Who was that? He was the Auburn guy, right, Gus? No, it's Heupel. Or maybe it was Scott Frost. I thought it was no. Heupel was not the coach. Scott Frost. Scott yeah. Frost. Yeah, Heupel is still OC. Um, but that's the thing. Like Jacksonville State does not meet that criteria. 
Now, are they geographically located for hot recruiting? Yes, of course. They're in the state of Alabama. Um, are they big enough, though? No. Not even close. There are more students at UCF than there are in the entire city that Jacksonville State is located <laughs> <laughs> UCF is massive, yeah. aren't they? Like, they have a massive, yes. like, what, it's one of the largest public universities like in America. Yeah, they have a ton of funding, and that's why they've yeah. like risen to prominence so quickly. I thought you were gonna, s- Michael. I thought you were gonna say they have a ton of fun, but I was just. Oh, they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, oh. Michael, and that's what it takes. Like you have to be a large, public or super well-funded private university, well situated geographically. Okay, well, and Jacksonville State hits one of those State, boxes. But- not App State, dude. What? So the state the of North Carolina has zero football national titles since 1950. Is that true, Jeff? That's NC true. State didn't hasn't won any. NC State, Michael. I don't know. Hey, Is that for original, 64 bye weeks? Back, back. Yeah, but back to our original question. Well, I, yeah, that's like a good point, but that doesn't mean that like the Mid Atlantic states, like Virginia, North Carolina, How many South Carolina. Well, no, South Carolina don't have good talent. Not enough good talent. No, but it goes to the point, Mike, of if Jacksonville State thinks they can succeed, what does it take to succeed? I mean, you got to start somewhere. They have to Don't cheat. be complacent. <laughs> I'd actually yeah. love to see like how yes. many players from mid-Atlantic states are just going to an SEC school. Though. I would bet a lot. Like versus... Unless the they SEC. value an education. <laughs> well, that's true that <laughs> schools are... Just kidding. I mean, Just at kidding. one point it was also about like right. TV, right? Like wanting to play on national television, but I feel like that's not as much of a problem anymore because every game of every conference yeah. is going to be streamed. No, that's somewhere. true. Which is awesome for us because like we can watch Sanford games now, whereas five years ago we couldn't do that. That's facts. Okay. Well, it sounded like none of y'all were really in favor of Jacksonville State moving up, but not a fan. We'll see. I mean, good riddance, honestly. One less team. They were kind of a thorn in our side if we ever made the playoffs. Them in Youngstown. But I like the idea of Sanford being a an FCS powerhouse, right? Like North Dakota State. How sweet would that be? It's it's a lot of steps. Big. A lot of steps. (laughs) Well, you have to win some championships first. Yeah, we got to get some more. Football, football people in in Sanford. Sanford's yeah, a at a point. disadvantage, though. It's they they really are because of Locating. the other schools in the state. Yeah, it's it's too much competition. It's it's yeah. almost impossible to build a fan base that isn't that yeah isn't full of alumni or current students. Like <laughs> kids, literally games the same day. Right. Yeah. We. I mean, oh. we experienced that. Sam, we yeah. actually Sam brought it up a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was with talking with Tay. It's like first half there might be a ton of people in the stands, and then second half it empties out. Yeah, Sam, I'm guilty because I was walking back to the dorm to watch Tennessee play because that's like my team from growing yeah. up. So. Yeah, I it's, it's you know it's it's frustrating as a player, but if I was a student, I couldn't sit here and honestly say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. So I I, I get it, but yeah, Sanford's just yeah. not. They're they're at an extreme disadvantage. Like you look at a school like Wake Forest, mm-hmm. for example, used to be very much like Samford in the eighties. Yeah. In nineties. Yeah. Um is a private, I believe it was 
also Baptist or might have been Methodist University. Mm-hmm. Very similar. But that being said, if you are in the inside of Samford football, right? Like, you know how good of a program we have at a national level amongst football people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, like, when when NFL front offices are like, you know, we need to take a look at guys coming out of this school, like, you're on the national stage. Maybe you aren't for, like, the average, like, dinner table American family watching (laughs) college football you know, like, oh, you went to Stanford. That's awesome. Yeah. Watching, <laughs> watching game day on Saturdays. But when it comes to like football people, people know Sanford. Yeah. And that's like my point is Sanford, at least in the football and in football circles, has history. People know they want to like, they want, you know, scout guys coming out of Sanford. Um, there's a community there, people that know former players and coaches and all these folks who've gone to other schools or have been at Sanford and all that. So right. that's the redeeming aspect to me. But Yeah, no, nah, it's there's yeah, it's definitely some positives to it because I mean it is a well connected place, Sanford is. So it's I mean, it's yeah, like I said, it just has it has its ups and its downs. But you're you're hundred percent right though. There it is it is a well respected place from uh from circles of people who truly know the game of football, who truly watch yeah. at all levels. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, Kendall, let's ask you Let's ask you a few questions, you know, get to know you a little bit, let the audience get to know you. If you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind, tell us how you got to Sanford, like kind of your recruiting journey. So when I was uh, in high school, I mostly played DB up until like the very end of my junior year. And then my senior year, I started both ways, playing cornerback and then slot receiver. So, okay. uh, I had a I had a good senior year, but uh, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't getting like a ton of recruitment. There were D one schools that were recruiting me, um, but nobody really offering. I had like six or seven D three offers though. But I mean, in terms of D one schools, I mean, like Chattanooga was recruiting me, Austin P, uh, like Moorhead State. They like they were all recruiting me, but they weren't. They never offered. So, but Sanford actually came into the picture. Uh, like towards the end of my senior season and was recruiting me and but they never offered as well but I was actually about to um <laughs> I was about to go to Birmingham Southern crazy <laughs> wow. enough I was about to go to Birmingham Southern they were they were gonna let me play football and basketball so Dang. um okay I thought I was just gonna go there just like try to go be a stud and <laughs> like <laughs> just ball out of Birmingham Southern get a you know get a solid education and yeah. get out of there but I just it just didn't it just didn't sit right with me. I went on I went on like to official visit and everything to Birmingham Southern, but it was just like, ugh, like I don't think I'm gonna really be happy here. So I I just took a chance on myself with Samford, and they took me as a preferred walk on, and the rest was history from there. Did you see Samir on your Birmingham Southern visit? Yes, I did see Samir. He was a beast. Yeah, he was. He was. That's in, that's wild though. A bunch of D three offers, yeah, and then boom, D one Sanford right there, right at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It was I knew I was gonna have to walk on somewhere if I wanted to go D one, and I was I, I was honestly tired of playing cornerback. I was tired of tackling people. Lots of headaches. <laughs> it's um, a hard position. Not the, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the biggest guy. 
It's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a Tredavious White or something like that. Like, I think I'd rather just catch passes. Bulked up when you got to Sanford. Oh, yeah, I definitely did. Like, I gained, like, 10, 15 pounds, like, my freshman year. Just yeah. lifting weights and everything else, yeah. It, it was it was all crazy. Yeah, I just – I was tired of tackling people. I just wanted to – like, <laughs> let me just catch the ball and go score touchdowns. Like, I, that's I think that's more glamorous. Uh, it's more fun. <laughs> I don't – I like it. <laughs> Definitely more How does that glamorous. conversation occur, like with the coaching staff? Is that something that they mentioned to you, or did you mention it to them? Or like- uh, so Sanford, Sanford didn't know what they wanted me to play. Like I didn't even know for sure whether or not I was going to be like coming to camp, going the summer, going into my first freshman year. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the reason. Like my jersey, I have I went through like two different jersey numbers before I was eighty four, and it was because they didn't know what I was going to play when I got here, so they just gave me a number. And so, like, I mean, they they basically just did it off what they needed for camp. And luckily enough, they were like, we need we need you to play receiver. And so that was what I wanted to do anyway. So, like, uh, yeah. I, I would love to. Thank you. Worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> You've been there six years. You don't have to mm-hmm. answer this. Best quarterback. <laughs> it's like it's- – I mean, I have to go. Because you've with had some good me. ones. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had some good ones, but I have to go with the guy who who won. Uh, yeah, Mike. Mike won, he won the championship. So that's fair. Um, every I've I've been man. I mean, every single quarterback I've caught passes from at Sanford is. I mean, like they all do some amazing things. Like Duck, Liam, Chris, Mike. It was. I mean, everybody. But it's just. I mean, you kind of got to you got to play with, I guess three or four of the best quarterbacks we've ever had. Yeah. 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 They're legends, like all of them. Like mm-hmm. so, I, so it's it's been it's been definitely been special. Like, but I gotta get I gotta give it to Mike. He's a he's he's a winner. And he's definitely a winner. Yeah, I can't I, I can't respect anything more than I respect winning. Like that's just kinda like I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. Like I like Michael Jordan all that. Like winning is what matters to me. So I have to give it to Mike. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, also, what was the quarterback competition like to start the season? Because you all oh, had good uh, question, Mike. What's the guy from Kentucky? Yeah, uh, this is not a hot take. Like the quarterback room we had going into the season was like it's probably easily the best in the FCS and probably better than half of FBS. Yeah. Um, like I mean, Quincy was our third string, and he could have been our fourth string. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's how much I mean, because a lot of guys don't know how good K Blackman was like K Blackman had an injury at the beginning of the spring that set him back. But I mean, he going into the spring, K Blackman was the one and he literally really? got hurt on the first day of spring. So uh, but I mean, with Michael and and <laughs> and Scalzo and Q, I mean, it's just I mean, there were some amazing throws being made in camp. Like <laughs> I can tell you that much right now, like. Like Scalzo is like a magician with the ball. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, he makes no look passes. He'll, <laughs> I mean, he was dropping balls like directly over defenders' hands. Like, it was, I mean, literally, like, it was, it, there was hardly any drop off between three or four of our quarterbacks. So it yeah. just, it turned out the way it did, but it was, it was a very tight competition. Like, we did not know until, like, really until Scalzo got injured. 
we did not know who was going to start. That's crazy because like, Michael had an All-American year. Right. Yeah. Like, we were going into scrimmages in camp, like, literally. Like, we're about to go out there. We don't know. Like, I'm putting on my helmet to go out for the first play. I don't know which quarterback is going out first with us. <laughs> like, that's how tight the race was. Like, he wasn't even like – it wasn't even like it was a known fact on who was starting each day. Like, they literally were switching, like, every day. So, it was – it was it was a very tight like and they're all super competitive so it was like every day was super intense like they holding themselves to such a high standard so but it, it it worked out. I'm assuming yes on this Kendall, but you did ultimately receive a scholarship, right? Yes, yeah, I got put on scholarship <laughs> uh, in 2019. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, tell us about that. So basically, like, what's the process there? So like my first year there, I won scout team player of the year. Dang. And then going into my first spring, like, so, like, when I won Scout Team Player of the Year, like, it was like, okay, I'm actually on the coach's radar. Like, they actually looking, like, to give me, you know what I'm saying, see if I can compete right. for a spot. And on the first day of spring, my freshman year, I broke my foot. Dang. And so, like, obviously, the spring is a big time to try to move your way up the ranks and all that. So, I broke my foot. Broke my foot, had to sit out the whole spring. Was, like, on a scooter. It was super embarrassing, like. Rolling through Those the cabs, you can't cool, even man. like get your own food. It was embarrassing. I was, I was so embarrassed. Like, <laughs> like this is not, this is not fly at all. Like, <laughs> but um, so I just, I mean, literally, so I got sent back. I came back to camp the next year, and I was like, I mean, literally, like fifth string, like coming into camp because I was coming off mm. the injury and they hadn't really yeah. seen me play, and so that was like my red shirt freshman year. Um, that was Ducks last year, KJ's last year, all those guys. And so, like, obviously, like, I already had my work cut out for me in terms of, like, earning a bunch of playing time anyways. And so, like, but I did work my way up the third string. And I caught a few passes. Had a touchdown taken away from me against BMI, actually. But that was that. I love and that then, you remember that. Man, I'll never forget. I mean, that was, the, <laughs> that was supposed to be my first touchdown. And it was yeah. taken away inexplicably. Like, there was no review in anything. Like, it was just like. They just determined that I didn't score, and then we well, ran it in the next play. Of course, they like yeah. called it a drop ball, or like you didn't no, get it. It was they they marked me down like on the one, but like you go look yeah. at film, like I didn't step out at all. Like it was it was ridiculous uh, to say yeah. the least. SoCon refs not top of the line, not the best, not the <laughs> best, like very far from it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, in 2019, that's when I started playing uh playing a lot more. They were relying me on relying on me a lot more, uh, and I had a I had a, a decent season. I scored like what three touchdowns, had about probably like thirty something catches, and yeah, I mean, I mean, but by the end of the year, I was starting like I started against Auburn. It was so it was I mean it was a it was a much better year for me. Um, like I, it was my first chance to actually prove myself, and so I was fortunate enough to have actually went out there and did something with the opportunity. So so yeah, and then after that, right, like literally immediately following the season. Is when they put me on scholarship. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was, it was a little journey. It was a little journey. I, I, I always wonder what, how, how much sooner I could have been on had I not broken my foot. But yeah, that's just that's just the way God works. Did you ever consider transferring? Definitely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Because I mean, as as we all know, Sanford isn't the uh, the cheapest place. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> so I mean, it was just it was yeah. There were times where I considered it, but. I also was just like, I'd rather stick it out and fight for it because sometimes the grass ain't greener. So, That's fair. 
So yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to stick it out, fight, fight for what I was, what I was going to earn, man. And I knew it would pay off somehow, some way. So well, I'd say it worked out well. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Special, special season kind of catapulted you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. Like you're going to the Canadian football league, yeah. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. No idea where that is. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's cold. Right. Like how did that all work out? I mean, you go from you go from uh, only D three offers, preferred walk on at Sanford, and now you're playing professional football. Man, listen, I I still can't even process it all myself. Like, but it was a super quick process. Like, I'm like right after the season, after we lost to North Dakota State in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Like, we had our exit meetings with with Coach Hatcher and all the other coaches, and so like whenever you're a senior, like you know, you when you go meet with Coach Hatcher, like. He lays it out with you, like, if you're planning on, like, trying to pursue anything at the next level, he, like, lays it out to you, like, what he knows, like, because scouts obviously reach out to our coaches and stuff all the time. Um, and so he, like, he lays it out to you, what he knows, what he thinks you should do, like, what your best approach is going for. And, like, when I came in to meet with him, he was like, like, you have a little bit of NFL interest, but, like, nothing, like, to nothing substantial. But he was like, but CFL interest, like, you have a lot of, and I was just like, I had never even like truly considered the CFL leading before then. But I mean, probably not even a whole week after he told me that the GM from Saskatchewan called me and we got to talking, we got things rolling and it was just more so of a thing, like to give myself an opportunity to play professionally more so than being so focused on playing like NFL, NFL, NFL. Like if I go to the CFL one, I'm going to get paid to play football, which has never happened. Exactly. Um, You're getting right. paid to play for yeah. that's the like, dream. That's awesome. Yeah, like I can't complain about that. Like that's that's much more fun than going and getting a job. So um <laughs> yes. So I'm like <laughs> I was like I'll go play like football and then like the opportunity for the NFL is still there if I want it right. uh later on. Like if you go play well in the CFL, there are still scouts who look at the CFL who who sign guys from the CFL. So uh, it was more so just being being in a spot where I can actually further my career, and because I mean, not everybody makes it. Like, uh, even when you get invited to mini camps and stuff like that, like I've seen guys. There's been a lot of guys from Sanford who have been invited to those camps, and that was the last time they. That may have been the last time they put on a helmet. So, yeah, it was just one of those things where I wanted to. I feel like that was the most, the closest thing to a sure thing in terms of my career moving forward. So when does that start? When do you move up there? Yeah, so they like start their season like in the summer. So like I like right at the end of April, I have to report up there. And it's like it's to give it some reference, it's actually like two hours north of North Dakota State, two or three hours north of North Dakota State. <laughs> okay. So um I okay. am grateful that they're playing in the summer because yeah, uh, yeah. it's gonna get real. Really How do you get there? Do you fly into Fargo or do you find in Minneapolis? Like, no, no, I can they have an airport uh in okay. Saskatchewan that I that I can fly into, but it's like I said, it's the, all the cities in Canada are so spread out like right. I think they literally like fly to every single game if they have a road game. So it's extremely nice. beautiful up there in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard I've heard I've really heard nothing but good things about the CFL actually. It's 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 actually I mean, it should a be awesome. Experience. They got pretty diehard fans up there. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. well-respected league, and we're super happy for you, man, and we'll be watching you. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I'm just glad to have an opportunity to keep going. And we saw that Michael Hires got named to the Rough Riders like negotiation list. Do you know what that means? Yeah, so I yeah, like I I recently learned what that is. So negotiating list is um basically like a CFL team can claim you and it's kind of like a recruiting tactic, but like they can claim you if they claim a player before all the other teams, basically like none of the other teams can reach out because I'm I'm pretty sure I was on the Rough Riders negotiating list as well. So but they had their eye on Sanford. Yeah. No, they were at they are they were actually at like three of our games this past year. Oh nice. Um, including like the playoff game and the Chattanooga game, which was how they ended up liking me. Like they told me straight so up. So like, you had a nice game that game. Yeah, like it was like you never know who's watching. That's literally like the So how, how does that work with the CFL draft though? The CFL draft is just for Canadians. Okay. Yeah, like American players just get signed. But there's no, like, CFL draft is for, like, the guys who play, like, their version of collegiate football up there. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's different for sure. Like, I don't – their draft isn't for, like, another couple months for this upcoming season. Yeah, it's in May or something like that. Or, yeah. No, it's it's, it's earlier than May. Oh, it is? Okay. I I think it's in either February – at the end of February or March. It's But it's coming up, though. Okay. Yeah, it's coming up because free agency starts for them like February 11th. So okay, it's definitely different. Like it's it's already been an adjustment just trying to learn the game and see all the different different ways that the CFL are different from American football. So right, well, that's so, awesome, dude. We're really excited to to watch you play up there. Yeah, we've, we've got a new favorite CFL team, and it's you know rough riders. <laughs> the rough riders. <laughs> the rough riders. Yes, sir. <laughs> Okay, so we'd already talked about, you know, you've been at Sanford a while. Mm-hmm. Nice six-year journey. You got to see a lot of cool places, a lot of cool stadiums. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite non-conference location? I think I got to go Florida State. That's what Tay said. Yeah, Florida State was yeah. was was electric. That's the word yeah. I, would, I would use. Like, it was, it was really loud. Their fans were really rowdy. Yeah, it was, I mean, and hearing that chant that they do with the chop and all that, it was... It was pretty surreal, and it was also just a great game too. Like we, that's a game we honestly should have won. We should have won. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was. I think that's the best environment that I was in uh, from a non-conference. Honestly, non-conference or conference, I think that's the best environment that I had that I was in during my entire time at Sanford. Uh, Georgia is obviously a close second. Was Florida not up there? Like the swamp? Uh Florida will probably be third. They, I mean, wow. they obviously they were having a bad season, so they their their attendance wasn't as, as good as it probably could yeah. have been when they played us, especially so late in the season. Right. So, uh, and then Auburn, it was like pouring down raining. Yeah, there wasn't that many people there. I mean, it was still like seventy five thousand people at Auburn, but it was like yeah, like it wasn't just like full blown. And it was like I think it was like on their fall break when we played Auburn. Oh. oh. So yeah, it that. That was a miserable game from a football <laughs> standpoint and a weather standpoint. Like, I think we lost, like, 50-something to zero. Like, yeah, it was not Mary good. Brown was, like, demolishing us. It was, <laughs> it was bad. Were there any SOCON schools that were tough to play at? Like, what was the hardest um, road, uh, road out? Western Carolina. Really? Western Carolina uh, quietly has probably one of the best fan bases in the FCS. 
and one of the best game day uh, experiences in the FCS. That's cool. What do they do? Um, so, like, they're so they're actually very they're kind of secluded, like out there in the mountains of uh, North Carolina. It's mm-hmm. like it's, no, it's really nothing else to do up there where they're at. So, <laughs> like, they just I mean, they're out tailgating. It's like as soon as you pull in, it's like they're blasting loud music. Like everyone's out there. They can drink. All that they can do whatever. Like it. it's and they pack out their stadium. Like yeah, they pack they out their stadium and their their stadium is loud. Their fans are rowdy. I mean, they stole like our statue, our bulldog statue that we run out with one year. <laughs> like I'm not even That's joking. Hilarious. Like they reached over the stands and grabbed it, and like what? our strength coach had to go up in the stands and like get it back. Like no way. pressing them out. It was it's crazy. <laughs> That's like shocking to me. Yeah, no, nah, that That's Western hilarious. Carolina is. Oh, we got all right. We got to go to that game. Environment. No, it's we got to go to that one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fun. They all right, so what would you change about what, what what what's one thing you would change to make Sanford's game day better? That's that's realistic, or that I would just <laughs> say that they should change both. Both. Give us give us. Um, I know. I mean, I I think I might know what you say, but what's your realistic and unrealistic? Unrealistic. They gotta start letting people drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's actually not... when we were there, the the rumor was that uh you are allowed to drink because it's a SoCon rule that if you're gonna be in the SoCon, you have to allow drinking at tailgates. Yeah, but like students students aren't allowed to drink. Yeah, they need to like sell alcohol. Like <laughs> like it's it's, it's, it's Could it's, you imagine though? Could like, you yeah, like, imagine? That's that's the type of cause I mean, honestly, like I compare our fans to like, like sometimes it feels like you at like a golf, like you at watching a golf tournament or something like, like they're cheering, but it's not like, it's not rowdy. It's not like, Dude, that's facts. That's yeah, it's, facts. It's like, it's not always as, you know what I'm saying? As exciting as it can be. Like, it's just like, it's like they're clapping, but it's like, I want you, you're supposed to be like as excited as you could ever be. So yeah, it's, that's, that's that. But um, from a realistic standpoint, to improve the game day experience, um, they should basically avoid scheduling anytime Alabama is playing. <laughs> like anytime yeah. that they're playing, that's kind of hard. Know, yeah, like it is hard, but they need to do everything in their power not to be playing when they are because it's it's pointless. You're, oh, you're taking away you're taking away half your fan base attention the, off off the rip. For the audience, you know, we had a huge discussion about this yeah. off the air earlier it's, but it's i'm with Kendall. yeah it's uh <laughs> what do you think like thursday night friday night games instead or they could even schedule more saturday night games especially early in the yeah. year dude that's warm. what i'm saying why can we not have some more night games i don't i don't know why we always and, play like night games away at the beginning of the year like when we're playing our non-conference like and they're so like fun. tennessee tech at night uh when we went there this year like i don't know why the only night game we basically play is the Thursday night game, like at the beginning of the year. Broadcasting yeah, that's my favorite one. Problem, right? Like broadcasting rights probably wouldn't apply because it's like yeah, online it's streaming, ESPN right? Plus. So you can play whenever you want to. Yeah, it's got to be SoCon. Yeah, it's got to be something like they don't want the kids riding back on the bus too late or something. I is no that can, that can't be it because there's been some times we've gotten back at like four in the morning. Like, oh my. Right. Yeah, like Dang. the SoCon. Well, I guess I that drive from VMI would suck. Literally, I mean, the drive from VMI. I mean, we get back at like <laughs> four or five in the morning. Like, 
on a in a game that we played at like two or three in the afternoon. Like, you do have a police escort though, right? No, not all the time. It's they may escort us like out of Virginia, but that's it. Like they're not taking us the whole way because those right. those dudes live in Virginia or wherever they're from. Like, <laughs> well, I imagine like some home. teams will do, and maybe not Sanford, but they'll yeah. have Alabama State troopers, you know, roll with them the whole way or something. Yeah, I mean, there's just really no reason for players to have to ride 10 hours to a game like that's just not like no one does that like why would you want to do that to yourself like that's it's it's so hard even with a hotel stay the night before like to have to ride 10 hours and then play the next day is not easy yeah um and it's even worse like you don't you get done with a hard fought game and you have to sit cramped up on a bus for 10 hours on the way back, like, with maybe one or two stops. Right. You're probably the whole sore. way back. Yeah, like, catching body cramps, everything. Like, it's, yeah. it's the worst. I think the only time y'all have ever flown was North Dakota State, right? Uh, Yeah, while I was there, that was the only time we flew. They flew the year before I got there to Youngstown State. Okay. Yeah, so that was 2016, but... Yeah, like I can, I don't a four four or five hour drive is not too bad, but ten hours is is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, especially on a bus. Yeah, like Sanford's on their way a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how that new uh the new stadium renovations they're doing impact the game. But yeah, I yeah. think I think they should move the stands closer too. Honestly, I don't know if they could ever do that really. But so tell us, you know, Tay was talking about it some last week, and it didn't get included in the final episode but like tell us a little bit about the upgrades that they're doing to like not only the cyber stadium but also like you you just got a bunch of new equipment in the workout facility right like new technology that Mm -hmm. y'all used yeah so um in the weight room uh we use like this is like it's basically like every weight rack has like an ipad or it's i don't even know if it's actually an ipad It's it's a tablet but basically um, our strength coach puts in all these different metrics for us on what we're supposed to be lifting and stuff like that. And when we lift, like you hit like start before you do each uh, each set of your exercise and it records you and it like measures how fast your velocity is when you're doing your lifts and everything like that. And it gives you like an objective way to see how you're doing from a weightlifting standpoint, regardless of what exercise you're doing. So like literally like if you don't hit the speed you're supposed to hit the the screen flashes red. So like our coach can objectively be like you're not going hard enough. And if you're hitting green then you are going hard enough like you're hitting what you're supposed right. to hit. And he tracks all those numbers and stuff like that and uh he uses that to determine like what our weights are moving forward and uh whether or not we're fatigued all of that. And so it's it's really it's really cool to see how it actually came into effect. Like as we got to go through a whole year of it, a whole off season and summer of it going into this past season, but it's it's I mean, it's really you'll see a lot more teams doing it moving forward. I can guarantee. Yeah, it sounds that. like it sounds like that's something that like the big SEC schools are using. Um, like I know mm-hmm. Alabama and Tennessee have that stuff in their in their weight rooms. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. But um, from the stadium standpoint, I from my understanding of it, from what I saw, like. Because uh, Campus Recreation is also redoing that building that's right, right. there at, behind where the scoreboard is. Like Pashinsky um, Fieldhouse and, and Cyber Fieldhouse? Yeah. Like, like where the students go, like, play basketball and stuff. Right. 
Right. Yeah. That is um so they're supposed to be building like it's like supposed to be like a patio up there, like where people can walk and stuff like that, kind of connecting it instead of like walking that little hill area to get across to the other part of the stands. It's gonna be like an actual patio, like a, a big patio. Um I'm not even sure exactly what I would compare it to, but that's what it's supposed to be. I'm not sure how that's going to exactly help. Yeah. But, or, cool. I, mean, I mean, it's going to look nice, I guess. But And I think they're going to yeah. actually move the scoreboard from where it is, too, because otherwise it kind of blocks most of the people's view from the patio. Right. So That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see all those upgrades. Kind of wish that I was there when they were implemented, but it's all right. Yeah. A lot of great things. And, and so one thing we asked Tay that we want to know is, what is your favorite Sanford tradition? Whether that's on the football team or or at school, I'd probably say my favorite tradition is after a win. Like it's it gets is is it gets corny sometimes, but you don't realize how much you enjoy it until until you not you're not winning. But when we win and Coach Asher gets in there and he's just like, I would imagine, and then he starts his whole spiel on that. Like that's probably I mean that's one of my favorite parts of that's winning. That's exactly what Tay said. I, that, yeah, yeah, it's just consistent. Said. It's consistent. So, I yeah, it's just like a trademark of of a Sanford win. That's I think that's my favorite overall tradition. That's awesome. So, Kendall, one other thing that uh, you know we'd asked Tay last week, but Sanford's such a big food city. Like you know, it's somewhat like kind of a small Birmingham. city, but I'm sorry, Birmingham is a small city, but tons of great food. Just like the culinary scene there. So, do you have a favorite? Either restaurant or like place to stop. Oh, uh, probably in Wings Birmingham. Plus. <laughs> Wings Plus, yeah. That's, Wings Plus, yeah. yeah on right Green, on Green Springs. Springs. That's oh heck yeah, that's my spot. What I get, uh, man? I get what do you get? Hot, honey hot wings, uh, with Cajun ranch fries, man, and a, and a Kiki Poo drink, and I get on out of there, man. But that's yeah. Let's go. I, I have an unhealthy relationship with them that I need to get fixed. <laughs> no nah, dude it's like 12 wings and yeah. a load of fries for like eight yeah, bucks it's you can't yeah beat it. i mean literally i mean i choose it over a lot of stuff on a regular basis like i have to be very disciplined during the season about when i go there yeah no i, I mean i ate there all the time that was one of my go-to's when i didn't want to go to the calf because right. you can only handle <laughs> so much of the calf tay tay said the the taco truck on off Green Springs mm-hmm. on like yeah. Oxmoor, and we had a debate because there's other taco truck that I really like that's in the Chevron yeah. parking lot off Green Springs. So we're trying to figure out which uh, it's yeah, those I, are bonus, but yeah, that's the one that y'all like, right? Yeah, that's the one. Thing I've, 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 yeah. I've never actually yeah. eaten there, but I've I've seen it. I just never actually eaten there. But Tay Tay, he a, he a better food connoisseur than I am. So. <laughs> Yeah, once I find something I like, I just I wear it out. So <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh man, I spent so much money at Wings Plus mm-hmm. or Wings Plus Three or whatever it was called. All right, well, I think that wraps up the interview. Um dude, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been awesome just to hear about your your story, your journey to Sanford, uh hear about, you know, pro- playing professionally in Canada. Um before we do shout outs, is there anything else you feel like you need uh, to, to add? No, nah, man, I'm 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 good. I appreciate y'all having me on. It's been cool. It's been a real cool experience. So I thank y'all again, man, for for having me on. It's been cool, cool way to spend my Thursday night. Honestly, I, better than what I would, probably would have been doing. So 
Well, hey, we so what we usually do at the end of every episode is give a shout out, uh, something either Sanford related or SoCon related, or it could just be your life personally. Is there anything you want to shout uh, out? Uh, no, just to? shout out to God, shout out to my family, Sanford football, uh, all the all the people that that are in, that are in my life that help me keep going. So that's that's all I got. Shout out to State of the Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm sure they're. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm sure everybody's proud of uh, how far you've come and. And I mean, it's dude, it's so cool that you're going to play professionally. So we're all really sure, excited to watch yeah, you play. I appreciate it, man. Jeb, what about you? Well, yeah, I, I do second uh, Kendall. Uh, shout out to the Lord for everything. Shout out to Logan Die for uh, mm-hmm. Player of the Week. I, I think I'm taking the Logan Die shout out before Michael, but dude, um, yeah, I'm really upset right now. <laughs> wait, was it actually? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, he won Player of the Week. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Logan Die. Looking forward to watching our Sanford basketball the rest of the season. Hopefully, uh, we can get that dub on Saturday. Sam, so Sam had technical difficulties towards the end of this episode, uh, but he wanted to be sure to give a shout out to Blake Gardner, who's the uh, play-by-play guy, the the, the announcer for Sanford basketball games. Uh, occasionally does some sideline reporting, but uh, Sam just wanted to shout out Blake's awesome call of, of last night's game um, and really all of his calls this, this year on Sanford basketball. So it's cool to have a Sanford alumni that, that we remember from when we were there that's able to call all those games. So shout out to Blake. Good job on, on Sanford games this year. Dude, I don't, I'm at a loss right now because you took my shout out, but I, I'm going to go coach Hatcher because I read a cool story uh, from ESPN today. I don't know if y'all saw that, but about him hiring Kirby Smart uh, and being a GA with uh, Sonny Dykes back in the day at Kentucky. So uh, it was really cool to see Coach Hatcher's connection to the two head coaches uh, fighting for the national championship on Monday. So it's pretty cool to know that our head coach is, has been around college football for so long and uh, has played a big hand in, in so many you know, successful FBS and D1 coaches. So shout out to Coach Hatcher. It's a great shout out. Thanks, Jeb. All right, with that, that wraps up uh, our seventh episode of State of the Bulldogs. So look forward to to seeing you all next week, and everybody go cheer on Sanford Saturday at 3 o'clock against UNCG. Yes, sir. You know, Sanford, about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all.